Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our next guest is Simon Tan. Simon is an author, a musician, and activist. He's a founder and basis of Slants, The Slants, the world's first and only Asian-American dance rock band, who recently won a landmark unanimous case at the Supreme Court. Simon, thanks so much for being on Gifters Podcast, where your story is a gift to the world. Thank you so much for having me. So Simon not only is an author, musician, and activist, he also helps develop diversity, equity, and inclusion for dozens of Fortune 500 companies, including Toyota's executive leadership team, Knowledge and Knowledge University. So you got a lot going on, Simon. Tell us just first of all, what what is uh, this unanimous case in the Supreme Court about? So a number of years ago, I actually tried to register my band's name as a trademark. Uh, however, the government believed the slants to be disparaging to persons of Asian descent, even though we're an all-Asian American band, and we actually do anti-racism work, uh, oftentimes on behalf of the government. Because of this, we challenged them. I went back and forth for about eight years, and eventually it went to the U.S. Supreme Court, where we won uh, unanimously last summer. That is so crazy. It's like, when people talk about, hey, what are some cool things you've done? You're like, you know what? I went against the U.S. government and won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not something I de- definitely not something I set out to do. I just wanted to start a band to provide representation for our community, and it turned into something that became much more than that. Well, I commend you for your courage. Now, since this podcast is, is primarily more about entrepreneurs and, and executives and coaches, let's just first talk about the training you do, and we'll talk about some of your music passions too. So how'd you get into the whole diversity training for, for, for not just companies, but Fortune 500 companies? Well, I, it's kind of funny because it started doing anti-racism work and workshops at anime conventions of all places. That, that was a market that our band was... Uh, focusing in on because it was a really niche market and I was being asked to serve on panels about what it's like to be an Asian American and also in the entertainment industry and from there I started getting asked to do these similar kind of workshops outside of that world uh, for city governments and for other nonprofits. and so as I continued doing that work I ended up getting on the TED stage and also sharing that same kind of story which led me to Toyota and Walmart and all these other companies asking for the same kind of information. And paying you for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because I originally sought out to just, I was like, oh, TED Talks, they're really cool. I want to try this out. And so all I did was go to TED.com. I clicked on events and I just started contacting every event that they had in the world where I could speak the language. I, didn't, I wasn't really thinking much beyond that. And after contacting hundreds of them, one of them finally said yes. And then after that one person said yes, I did follow-up emails to everybody who declined, and two more said yes. And I kind of continued this pattern for about three years, and next thing you knew, I had the uh, the world record for the most number of TED Talks. No way. <laughs> so, Do you uh, really? Do you so actually have you, the, the... When you can say that, when you can say, hey, I have more TED Talks than anybody on the planet been on, uh, on that stage, uh, then companies easily just say, oh, we would love to have you come and speak. Wait, but how many TED Talks have you given? Uh, 13. TEDx Talks, right? 
Correct. Yes. Wait, but do you have the most? Because that's the most I've ever heard. But is that like? Because you can, can you, you can actually register that? I think on like the whole uh, Guinness Book of World Records, if that is the most talks. Oh, um, I've never really thought about it. But <laughs> about well, you did win a place. landmark case, a unanimous case of the Supreme Court. So I'm just, just kind of letting you know that. <laughs> It was something kind of unexpected. I just was really passionate about some of these ideas, wanted to share them. And then uh, some of the organization folks started saying like, wow, like you've done more than anybody. And it was, it was a, like this kind of weird goal that I had. It just happened. And so I'm like, okay, I might as well use this uh, to my advantage and see if that can open up some additional doors. But maybe I will contact Guinness. Who knows? Yeah, no, because I was actually looking into that for like how many speeches someone gave in one day because I speak for a living. I've given over a thousand, right? But but getting back to you, Simon, this is fascinating and exciting because this podcast is all about not just inspiration but insights. And in your case, I want to point out to our guests why you're awesome, Simon. It's about persistence. It's about you might not have known that this would have happened, but you want to make sure, or the guests want to make sure that a lot of my guests say they want to go on TED Talk, but how many of them just go on the website, TED.com, research them, and you literally sent out to hundreds of them? Like, kid you kid you not? Like, that's you sent, you emailed a, hundred, a few hundred of them? Yeah, the first, uh, my first time around doing this, I did 300 emails. And then you got one response, and, and where did you first speak at? Which, which TEDx did you speak at? That was U of Dub, so University of Washington in Seattle was was my first one. And then you also you emailed a few more. So after you got that one, you went back and you emailed the same people that said no, and you said, by the way, I'm going to speak at U Dub, and then they said yes. Two more said yes, or yeah. So I wrote 299 follow up emails, uh, each one individually, and say, hey, I think I have something that is great for your community, that's relevant to the values and theme that you have, and that's when two more said yes. And then what about the last 10? <laughs> well, by then I could contact people and say, oh, here's a link to my TED Talk playlist. Oh. And so they would just be like, wow, this seems like he's already got three of them. And that was within a span of a few months. So it instantly gave me credibility. So I could leverage that and to kind of any kind of future speaking engagement. And that's also how I did things like keynotes for Stanford and Harvard, places like that, because I would just linked to this list and then that list kind of continued to grow that's great and is it was it always on the topic of of diversity and, and, and inclusion no not necessarily i've done about three or four of those uh, around that diversity equity inclusion however i spoke on a number of other topics that just whatever seems relevant to their theme and if it's something that i'm really passionate about in fact i did a talk on how to get a ted talk nice uh, and, and it was basically about pitching and persistence, like finding something that's valuable to other people and then leveraging that based on their perspective. That's so great. Now, a lot of people don't realize that Simon Sinek, who talks about know your why, that actual speech that blew up for him was a TEDx talk. So people always, some people don't even know the difference between TED talks and TEDx, but the point I'm getting at is like for you to do that many is phenomenal. And this podcast is really to help people build their brand, build their credibility as speakers and authors and, and entrepreneurs. But I, I really appreciate that story, Simon, because again, like you have the process, the system, and it really comes down to understanding how to pitch them and being persistent. And surprise, surprise, not only were you successful in that area, but as a musician, you literally won a landmark case. But it's like this continuity of thought where so many people wonder, how can I be successful? And I say, look at Simon Tam, 
look at what he's done. And though he might be modest and just saying, look, you did what most people don't do, which is you send it to 300 people, not three and go, Oh my gosh, I feel sad. No, you actually followed up. So I just want to commend you and highlight that quality of you about persistence, Simon. Well, thank you. I, I think people oftentimes get discouraged when they see how overwhelming a goal can be. And they forget that you actually have the capacity to change your own situation, whether it's, you know, on a platform like TED or TEDx, or even if it's just getting in front of the local rotary, we have a voice. And we, if we can articulate our stories in a way that are compelling to other people, then people want to listen. They, they love hearing these kinds of ideas. So I, I think people just need to like, believe in their own stories and believe in their own kind of inherent life mission enough to want to share to others. And from there, it can kind of be this contagious movement. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we have a few more minutes left. If, if you can kind of share why you chose to be a musician and what your music is about, what's the message that you, you want to convey to, to your audiences? I think that music for me was a way of being able to hold up a mirror to the world. It was a kind of a, using my art as a form of activism to help shape it, to change it. I mean, growing up, I didn't have the kinds of social mirrors out there. Like there were no Asian Americans on television or in the movies other than Bruce Lee. There, there just wasn't that kind of social mirror, especially in the world of rock and roll. So I wanted to provide that for other people and show that it is possible that we can still be a part of this culture. There's like almost 20 million Asian Americans in this country. I wanted to show that, we're not just this kind of generic stereotype. And I've been really, really fortunate to, to experience a level of success where we've been able to help provide that for, for young people. And it's something that I'm looking forward to continuing to do as we kind of take our platform now and start a new nonprofit organization to help youth discover their own voices. That's awesome, Simon. I really appreciate your time and, and more important, your mission in life, because that's similar to mine as well, right? How many motivational business speakers that are of Asian descent on, on what I'm doing. Like I've written a book on networking with billionaires. I've traveled around the world. There's very few that I see and that's just the reality, but you and I are creating our own reality and including more people. So how can our guests stay in touch with you relative to your music or your life? Uh, for folks who want to stay in touch, you can just go to simontam.org or hit me up on social at Simon the Town. Awesome, Simon. Thanks so much for sharing your story, Simon. Well, your story is a gift to the world. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too.